Hi, y'all. Right now is the Houston area's greatest time of the year to be outdoors. But if you want to get out in nature, where can you go? Today, I am talking with Rice University biologist and CityCast contributor Scott Solomon about the Big Thicket, an amazing national preserve right in Houston's backyard. It's Monday, December 19th, 2022. I'm Lisa Gray, and this is CityCast Houston. Scott, why are you so excited about the Big Thicket? Why should every Houstonian know about it? Oh, my gosh. I love the Big Thicket. You know, I mean, I'm somebody who loves nature. I love being outdoors as much as I can. You know, the Big Thicket is one of the best places, in my opinion, to go and enjoy the great outdoors um, right here in in the Houston area. I mean, there's opportunities for, for hiking, for camping, for you know, bird watching, nature, photography, like you can see great wildlife. It's just, it's just an awesome place. So how far is it from Houston? Where is it? So the Big Thicket is a region that kind of spans a lot of, of East Texas. So some parts of it are about an hour and a half drive from Houston. Mm-hmm. There are some parts of it that are a little, little further away than that, maybe two, two and a half hours. So it depends on, on where you go. So one of the things that's unusual about the Big Thicket National Preserve is that it's not just one particular place. Like if you think about a national park like, you know, Yellowstone or Yosemite or mm-hmm. Big Bend, those are places where you can kind of, you know, draw a line around the outskirts of the, the edges of the, the park. With the Big Thicket, it's a series of protected areas that are sometimes described as like a string of pearls. Oh, that's a nice way to put it. it it's like a bunch of little squiggles. Yeah. Yeah. It, it isn't that like lovely? Land people couldn't build on that got put together somehow. But it's gorgeous once you're there. On a map, it looks mm-hmm. bizarre. It does. It does. Uh, so a lot of it is uh, following waterways. So a lot of the rivers and creeks in the area, like mm-hmm. the Neches River, for example, is, you know, a lot of it is protected by the, the Big Thicket National Preserve. But then they have these larger units that are, I guess, the pearls, right? And the, of the, <laughs> the string of pearls. Um, uh-huh. and, and each of those units is kind of different. So it's one of the things that's cool is that it captures a lot of the great natural beauty and a lot of the wildlife from that whole region of East Texas by kind of capturing the, the best of the whole area. So what does it look like? What kinds of ecosystems would I see out there? Yeah. So one of the things that I love as a biologist about the Big Thicket is that it's super diverse. So it depends on where you go. You could go to some of the units that are right outside of Beaumont. Actually, some of them are right in Beaumont. Mm-hmm. And you're going to see, you know, cypress swamps where you could get in a canoe and kind of explore the waterways and see these giant bald cypress trees in standing water, you know, with with Spanish moss dripping off of their branches and ospreys flying overhead and and herons and egrets in the water. And it's just beautiful. Or you could go to some of the units further north and be in a beautiful pine forest, right? Where, um, you know, there's going to be, you could see some deer, you could see tons of birds, Mm -hmm. you might get lucky and spot some frogs or or a snake even. And uh, (laughs) which in my book is good if you, if you, you know, if you spot them, that's a good thing, right? You don't want to, 
you, you don't want to not see them. That, that's what I always say. Right. So there's a lot of different yeah. ecosystems that you can find in, in the big thicket. That's just a couple of, of examples. Uh, so it depends on where you go and what you want to see. So what is its history? Why is it such a weird shape and why isn't it a national park? So it's technically it is a national preserve, the Big Thicket National Preserve, mm -hmm. and it is actually run by the U.S. National Park Service. So the people that 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 work there, that run it, that take care of it are uh, U.S. National Park Rangers. And so yeah. I find that a lot of Houstonians don't realize we have a unit of the National Park Service right here in our backyard. But but we do. But it's not you're right. It's not a national park. So when it was created, it was established in 1974 as the world's or the, the U.S.'s first national preserve. Oh. And it was kind of this category that is in between a national park and other types of, of federally protected land, like, for example, a, a national monument. Apparently, there was an interest in or, or a suggestion to make it a national monument. And, and one of the people that was advocating for it was like, no, monuments are for dead things. You know? <laughs> <laughs> This, this is we're protecting the living diversity of this amazing ecosystem. So it shouldn't be a monument. So they created this intermediate category that allows a lot of the, the activities that you would have. Like, for example, you can go hunting in some of the units of the preserve, not all. Mm -hmm. um, and there's some uh, kind of levels of extraction of things like timber or uh, oil and gas that can happen in the preserve. But there are still a lot of the protections that come with being a unit of the National Park Service. Oh. So you're a biologist. Do you go out there professionally? Are you doing science out in the big thicket? I do. Yeah. So I do a couple of things as a, as a scientist, as a professor in the big thicket region. One of the things that I do is I go out with one of my classes. So I teach a class at Rice. Uh, a lab class uh, called Biological Diversity. And what the students do in that class is they spend the whole semester learning about the big thicket and they design a survey of different groups of organisms. So in some years, we'll look at trees, we'll look at birds and mammals, reptiles, amphibians, fish, insects, all different groups of organisms. Uh, this year, we focused on reptiles and amphibians. And so they'll spend the first part of the semester kind of planning, how do you go out and do an inventory, a survey, a biological survey of that group of organisms? Oh, so they were actually looking for the snakes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we were. Not avoiding them. They wanted them. They were looking for them. They were, we have a, for safety, we have a no snake handling policy, but we are out <laughs> looking for them. And we did find some. We photographed them from a comfortable, safe distance, <laughs> but we were able to, to find, I think, 11 species of reptiles and amphibians this year, which uh -huh. is pretty good. Although there's actually 71 species of reptiles and amphibians that are, are known to exist in the National Preserve. So there's a lot more out there that, that we didn't see. So that's one of the things I do is I, is I use the Big Thicket National Preserve as, as a living laboratory for, for my students to get to learn not just about nature, but also about the ways that biologists study nature. And we've actually been doing that project for many years. Uh -huh. we, we look for patterns in, in what might be happening with these different groups of organisms. Um, and for example, Hurricane Harvey obviously hit mm -hmm. the Houston area very badly, but it hit the big thicket region 
very badly as well. And there was intense flooding. And one of the things that we found is in the months just after Hurricane Harvey, we saw a noticeable dip in the number of mammals in the preserve, oh. which was really concerning because we think it's quite likely that a lot of them just drowned. Wow. I mean, large, large animals like deer, even hogs, like if you can't climb a tree and there's no high ground because it's so flat, yeah. there's not there's not a lot of places to to seek, you know, refuge wow. from, from big flood. I didn't think anything could kill a feral hog. Oh, I know. Are the animals back now? So, yeah. So what we have seen is is that in recent years, the numbers seem to have have gone back up. And and actually, that gets at um, the other way that I uh, visit the preserve as a as a biologist, which is doing research on ants. You know, as I've talked about in, in some previous episodes, <laughs> I, I the joy love ants. of your life. Yes. Absolutely. I am a, a total ant geek and um, and my research focuses largely on ants. And so together with my colleague, Tom Miller, and, and a number of different students over the years, we have been interested in the ants that live in the big thicket region, of which there are many. But one of the things that we um, have been very curious about is, you know, we all know fire ants. Oh. And, and many people are familiar with crazy ants as well, which is another species like fire ants that's it's invasive. It's not from here, but it has arrived here and kind of taken over. And we were really curious about the impact of those invasive ant species on some of the native ants. And so that's kind of one of the things we've been looking at. And it turns out there's some really cool native ants in the Big Thicket region. You also just go out there for fun, right? I do. Yes. I'm planning to do anything soon? Yeah, I love going out there with my with my family, with my kids, especially when it's, you know, it's in this nice weather is the, you know, uh, winter months approach, I start thinking about getting outside and, and going hiking. You know, there's great hiking trails out there. One of the places that I really like to go, which is actually where I also go with my class, is right in the middle of the Big Thicket region. One of the units is called the Turkey Creek Unit, and it's got a hiking trail that runs the full length of it. I think it's like 20 miles long. And so that's a great place to go hiking. But the very southern end of there, of that unit, which is near the town of Kuntz, uh, and it's actually very close to where the um, the park um, main visitor headquarters is located. They've got a nice little museum and, um, and a gift shop and, and some stuff to see there. But right by there, at the southern end of the Turkey Creek unit, is what's called the Kirby Nature Trail. And it's really nice. It's got a series of trails that are really well maintained. And there's some signs along the way so you can kind of learn about what you're seeing. And it's a great place just to to kind of, you know, explore the big thicket for the first time if you're looking for a, a spot to get out and, and and explore. So I love going there with my kids, um, thinking about maybe planning a camping trip sometime because it's one of the few places that I know about in, in Texas where you can just kind of camp wherever you like out in the woods. You don't have to stay in a designated campsite, which is kind of, kind of a fun adventure. <laughs> There's no place to hook up your RV, but on the other hand, you can put your tent wherever you like. That's true. Yeah. Exactly. You can have a real nature experience. Yeah. Yeah. If somebody goes out to the big thicket, what sorts of things would you recommend that they look for? There's a lot of things you can do. So the bird watching is just phenomenal. There's, there's you know, a huge number of, of different types of birds to see. And especially during the fall and spring migrations, 
you know, uh, there's there's a lot of birds passing through. I think one of the things that people really like to see in the big thicket are some of the carnivorous plants. Oh. And there's actually a few spots where you can go and they've got like boardwalks set up right around places where there are a lot of pitcher plants. Those are these um, kind of tall, thin, look like hollow tubes with a little hood over the top. And they have slick sides on the inside. So what happens is uh, little bugs, spiders or ants oftentimes will crawl up the side and then basically slip and fall down into the tube oh. <laughs> and uh, basically get digested by the plant. And uh, it's pretty, pretty cool. You think of, you know, we usually think of insects eating plants, but this is kind of turning the food web upside down. So very, very cool uh, types of, of carnivorous plants that you can find up there. Can you see stars at night? Oh, yeah. Oh, it's great. I mean, it's a great place for stargazing. You've got some nice dark skies. The, the trick, of course, is to find a, a patch that's open enough because, of course, uh, there's a lot of forest. So you don't always have a clear oh. view of the sky. But there are some some good places that have nice open patches. Are there things people should look for in other times of the year? Yeah, I think the nice thing about the Big Thicket is it's it's a place you can go year round and really see different things. So in the spring, there's a lot of great wildflowers, of course, you know, and also birds that are passing through as part of this the spring migration. In the summer, the all of the carnivorous plants are kind of in there out in full force. And you can see those pitcher plants and, and sundews, you know, a lot of wildlife, a lot of insects, butterflies. And then in the fall, you know, that's when the weather starts to get nice again, right? And it's nice for getting out and hiking and, you know, mosquitoes aren't quite so bad, uh, especially towards the end of the fall and into the winter. <laughs> it's almost cool enough to be outside. <laughs> it's almost, yeah, at least in most years, right? Right. And uh, yeah, exactly. And then in the winter, you know, uh, the winter is my favorite time for, for hiking in, in Texas, right? Because the, the, the temperatures are nice. Yeah. Some of the leaves have uh, fallen off the trees. And so you can see a little farther into the forest and you might have a better shot of catching a glimpse of, of a deer or an armadillo or, you know, a raccoon or even the, you know, bobcats. We've set up camera traps in the past and, and gotten glimpses of, of bobcats and foxes and coyotes and, yeah, there's just always, always cool stuff to see. Oh, man. Makes me want to go out there right now. All right, Scott, thank you so much. I, I appreciate this. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, we should go for a hike together sometime, Lisa. Oh, I so want to. Thank you. Absolutely. That was CityCast contributor Scott Solomon. We will have a link to more information about the Big Thicket in our show notes. Now... I am here with producer A.K. Al Mulman. A.K., what else is going on around Houston today? Hey, Lisa. The Houston Housing Authority Board will reopen its waiting list for public housing on January 15th. This will be the first time the list has opened up since 2018 and has been closed since due to high demand. These windows are infrequent and rare, with the prior instance dating back all the way to 2010. So it is a big deal that there are no spots, but it does not mean the backlog is cleared because applicants were limited to three choices based on their location of preference. And this has led to longer lists for more desirable newer housing, while older ones seem to have less of a wait. 
All in all, the new list will open for 10 developments and applications will be available at the main housing authority office on 2640 Fountain View Drive. Those interested this time around will be able to apply to as many properties as they choose and there will be language accommodations as well. That's it for our show today. You can sign up for our newsletter, Hey Houston, at houston.citycast.fm slash newsletter. We'll have that in our show notes too. We'll be back tomorrow. Talk with you then. I feel like one of those fishermen who's running like 12 rods at once. Somebody's nibbling, I think. Maybe I need to jiggle that one. (laughs) 